0: America with your host, Sean Parnell.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Battleground Live. It is Monday, and it has been a crazy, crazy weekend. You know, I'm sitting here in my studio, of course, in the basement of Fort Parnell. Again, as you know, with Commander Melanie upstairs calling the shots, Pups McGee, the dog, and two cats and five crazy children. Um And as the weather changes here in the great Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, and yes, I have been in the live chat for the last hour engaging with most of you all who are from down south where the weather is warm. It is getting really, really cold here. Now, the leaves have all already changed. I think it's still pretty outside, but I think the peak of all the colors of fall was like last week, maybe the week before. Now it's just cold, wet, and rainy. And as you can see, I'm wearing a hoodie because it's freezing cold in my basement. My pellet stove is broken, so I've got to get a new pellet stove here soon. Um, but I'm wearing a, a prototype hoodie, a battleground prototype hoodie that I had designed last year. So I'm doing everything I can to keep warm. But as I'm like doing the show, I'm looking at this monitor here, and if if you know uh, those of you all know my studio problems, I'm definitely about to upgrade this studio and and and. Uh, very, very soon. But I'm like wondering why the lighting right now is making me look green. So if I look green, I don't know why. I promise you that I didn't start playing the mouth breather drinking game too early. I am not wasted as I sit here. It's just my studio. So I apologize in advance for that. Um, uh, anyways, it's been a crazy weekend. Two crazy major developments in the Democrats' lawfare and election interference against President Trump. Uh, in fact, you put on Fox News all day today, and I don't even think they've talked about it one single time, but the Colorado trial starts today to illegally boot Donald Trump from the ballot there in a 14th Amendment challenge. We'll give you a little information on that in a second. Um, but the D.C., you know, mouth-breathing Obama judge, uh, Tanya Chutkin, reimposes, reimposes what is an unconstitutional gag order against President Donald Trump. And the reason why that's significant is because we also know that beady-eyed, little mouth-breathing prosecutor Jack Smith continually leaks things to the media, uh, CNN, MSNBC, and the media then shapes public sentiment, and uh, which essentially will be the ju- which is where be- the jury pool will be drawn from, which shape public sentiment in prep for this trial without allowing donald trump an opportunity to respond to those things so obviously it's unconstitutional it's a fundamental violation of the of the first amendment but regarding this uh, trial in colorado today um i'm going to get to that in a second and really break down the historical context of this of this legal challenge to donald trump here in a second but before i do that if you're watching from red voice media Welcome Uh, battleground live is a new addition to the red voice media lineup. And we are very, very proud to be a part of that lineup. We're running Monday through Friday live from 5 PM to 6 PM and the five o'clock time slot there. Uh, And if you're watching from battleground live, make sure you go over to red voice media, subscribe there. If you're watching from red voice media, make your way over to my rumble page on battleground live, subscribe there. And if you get there, spend a few seconds on my page, like this video, because that stuff really, really matters to people who are a heck of a lot smarter than me and sitting behind keyboards at rumble and monitor this stuff in terms of the algorithm and tracking and where this video is posted on their website all of it matters so take a couple of seconds and pound that rumble that thumbs up that green little thumb it all matters and subscribe to my page subscribe to red voice media i uh, also want to thank deep wealth for being a founding uh, a founding sponsor of this program we wouldn't be here were it not for Deepwell. They're a great American drilling company. Hiring right now, locations all across the country. Go to DeepwellServices.com. Uh, they're a great, great company. I know their executives. I know their leadership. They're not just hiring people to work on oil wells, uh, where all the tough drilling work is 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 had, but they're also hiring marketing people, social media people. Uh, you know. Community engagement people, they're expanding and growing like crazy. So go to deepwellservices.com, apply for a job, mention my name, mention that you know me. Uh, That will also help this program. Um, Okay, real quickly, thanks to Deepwell. We love you all. Um, We're so grateful for your support. Uh, But back to uh, these 14th Amendment challenges against President Trump. There's an article uh, in the Washington Times written by a gentleman named Mike Davis. Mike Davis is an awesome Constitutional attorney. He's a conservative constitutional attorney. I'm sure that you've seen him on the media. He's on Fox News. He's on War Room. Um, he's on, he goes on Pesobic Show all the time to talk about this stuff. Uh, but he's got this uh editorial in the Washington Times, and he does an amazing job at breaking down the historical basis behind some of these legal challenges to remove Donald Trump from the ballot. And in case you haven't seen it, you probably don't read the fake news. Washington Times, as print media goes, is certainly better. Uh, than some. It has more conservative leanings. But generally speaking, I don't trust any of these print media outlets, but I do trust Mike. He is a conservative warrior. So let me go ahead and read directly from this for you so you understand what the hell is going on here, because it can be a little bit complicated. But after the Civil War, Congress passed the states, uh, Congress passed and the states ratified the Civil War amendments. The 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments outlawed slavery, guaranteed equal protection and due process to freed slaves, and guaranteed voting rights to freed male slaves. In the immediate aftermath of the war, Confederate sympathizers. Began winning elections to the House of Representatives and other key offices. Fearing they would undermine the Union in Reconstruction efforts, Congress added Section 3 to what would become the 14th Amendment to disqualify Confederate sympathizers from holding office if they engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the United States during the Civil War. Obviously, what happened during the Civil War was very, very different than what happened during the Mostly Peaceful protest on January 6th. But I digress. Mike Davis goes on. Democrats, desperate to defeat a resurgent former President Donald Trump, are dusting off the 14th Amendment disqualification clause largely dormant for 155 years with a ridiculous legal theory to remove him from the ballot before the 2024 presidential race. Fearing their two impeachments, four bogus indictments and several frivolous civil cases, blatant lawfare and election interference by Democrats will not stop President Trump on November 5th, 2020, Democrats and some Trump deranged Republicans are pushing their legal theory that Mr. Trump is disqualified from running for office under the Disqualification Clause Section 3 of the post-Civil War 14th Amendment. Their theory is that President Trump's challenge to the 2020 election, which he was allowed to do under the Electoral Count Act of 1887 in the 1st Amendment, the January 6th protest, which was permitted, not often talked about, but was permitted by the National Park Service and allowed by the First Amendment. And the resulting riot of which House Democrats in the January 6th committee found no evidence of Mr. Trump's incitement was, quote, an insurrection. Thus, Democrats pretend Section 3 of the 14th Amendment disqualifies Mr. Trump from running for president in 2024. So now that you understand The basis of this 155-year-old, never-once-tried legal precedent that doesn't even tie to President Trump at all, at at least at a very minimum, it gives you a window into the Democrats' insanity. Not that you'll ever truly understand it, because they're insane. (laughs) And most normal people are not. So uh, this isn't going to fly with the American people. Here's another direct quote from that article. Uh, It's also not going to fly with the Supreme Court. And Mike Davis says in this article, and this is really, really important. I want you all to know it, which is why I'm highlighting it and just reading from it directly, which I don't do often. Um, But indeed, Stanford law professor, Michael McConnell and former federal appellate judge and no fan of Mr. Trump destroys this legal fantasy that politicians can disqualify Mr. Trump from running for office based on the events of January 6th. There is no evidence of an insurrection or rebellion on January 6th under the 14th Amendment's Civil War meaning. These are demanding terms. This is a direct quote. These are demanding terms connotating only the most serious of uprisings against the government, such as Whiskey Rebellion and the Civil War, Judge McConnell wrote. Labeling January 6th an insurrection rather than a riot is a dangerous political game that will lead to lawless political and very destructive disqualifications of political opponents going forward. The terms of Section 3 should not be defined down to include mere riots or civil disturbances, which are common in United States history, Judge McConnell concluded. Also, inherent in this legal, also, which is if you're going to charge somebody with insurrection, Congress actually has to pass legislation to define what happened as an insurrection. So none of this happened. Trump's not been charged with a crime, yet the Democrats are plowing ahead with this ridiculous theory anyway and the only reason they are doing this is because they know that Donald Trump is dominant and as i led into this program what is blatantly clear is that Donald Trump is is winning the the republican primary by upwards of 50 points some in some polls we're seeing 60 he is polling at record levels with Latino Americans, with black Americans. I mean, do you remember when George W. Bush was running for president? A lot of the so-called political experts at the time were saying that if George W. Bush or any Republican, for that matter, can get 40 plus percent of the Hispanic vote, it's a nail in the coffin for any Democrat. Well, now Trump is polling with 40 percent of latino americans in this country and in some in some cases some polls reflect donald trump getting anywhere between 17% and 22% of the black vote in america this is i mean this is historic stuff and i'm telling you i just saw some polling i mean there's so much polling going out there and i talked to rich barris about once a week and rich rich and i actually talk about this stuff every day but even some of the polling that i've seen in pennsylvania has trump winning beating Joe Biden by two points in Pennsylvania, 13 months before Election Day. That's never happened. It didn't happen in 2016. It didn't happen in 2022. My point is, is that when you combine Trump's popularity today with the fact that the numbers, even in not just in Pennsylvania, which I talk about often, because I believe Pennsylvania is the linchpin uh, to the to to the Republicans path to victory in 2024. And what I mean by linchpin is that if Republicans win Pennsylvania. It's game set match. They win the presidency. I mean, of course, I mean, they've got to win other places that they're supposed to win. But if Republicans carry Pennsylvania, it's very likely that they carry it's it's very likely that they carry Georgia, North Carolina, Arizona, perhaps even Wisconsin and Michigan as well. Um, so I, I'm just saying Pennsylvania, if that domino falls, many, many other dominoes will fall into place. And when you add, you know, you got Trump's polling and his popularity. And when you add to that, the fact that just by the registration numbers alone, Pennsylvania and many other swing states are far more favorable today than they were way way back then. So I'm just telling you, I, I told you last week on the show that I I would do everything I could to give you faith, not so that you're complacent going into 2024. I don't want you to be hopeless because there is a lot of bad terrible and in some cases in many cases evil things happening in this world but there is hope and that hope rests with you all knowing what time it is and and going getting in the fight and staying in the fight until we cross the finish line and even thereafter because america is worth it do you see what i did there the situation the situation that we face in this country is so serious that I have devolved to giving a knife hand to a camera. Do you see this? This is, this was Sean Parnell as a military officer giving commands in combat, and now I'm giving the knife hand to a camera in a cold basement in Fort Parnell because just of the dire situation that America faces. It's that serious, folks. <laughs> um Okay, so let me just move on here for a second. Um, I uh, found this video of of an interview with uh, Patrick Bett Davis and, and Ron DeSantis. We're talking about the Republican primary and the fact that Democrats have pulled out the stop, all the stops, to try to stop President Trump and not just Democrats, some Trump deranged Republicans as well, of which there are many. Which, by the way, are just as bad as Democrats, if not worse, because at least you expect to get a knife in the back or a knife in the front from Democrats. You never expect to get a knife in the back from your friends. But that's what these never Trumpers are. They're really terrible. I, I every day that passes, I have i look, I, I, I I'm i going to tell you, I don't like Republican on Republican violence. I just don't Um but my God, this isn't 2016 anymore. President Trump has a track record, and he did great things for this country. If you're still never Trump and you're an actual conservative, I understand. I'm. I try very hard to understand reservations. And and as many of you all know, I've said many times in this show, I don't really care who you back in the primary. I I I owe it to you all to be honest with you. I'm a Trump guy. I I, I I'm. He's. I thought he was an amazing president. I I think his first four years in the White House were stolen from him. Uh, under he was undermined by Republicans, Democrats and entrenched bureaucrats every step of the way uh, with two impeachments and one hoax after the next perpetrated by a mainstream media that is outright hostile to not just President Trump, but the American people. They hate you. They hate our way of life. They hate America being the most dominant superpower in the face of the planet. President Trump is America's best hope. For reviving an exceptional, strong America that is a dominant superpower, and the reason why that's important is that, do you think for a second? And my dad and I were talking about this this weekend. Not to go off on a track here, but this is really important stuff to think about. Do you think in a second that if 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 Russia had a nuclear bomb in in the aftermath of World War II? And they emerged as the world's lone superpower. Do you think that Russia would have hesitated for a second to use that nuclear bomb to shape how the world looked moving forward? They, they absolutely would have. Same is true for, for any other nation other than America. We had the bomb. We were the only country that had the bomb. Yet we never used it after we after we won in World War II to shape the world in our image at all. So for all these people out there talking about how America is terrible and evil and we're an empire and we export or we try to ex- we try to export our country's values all over the world, well, I mean, of course. You know, we tried to do that in Afghanistan and Iraq, but we didn't use nuclear bomb to do it, for God's sake. You can bet people, other countries like Russia that don't share our values, wouldn't have hesitated to use it in a second. And what I'm building to is that Trump is this country's last best hope for being a superpower uh, for the next 100, 200,000 years, which is what I hope it is, because America is a benevolent superpower. While we have our flaws, while we have made mistakes, we always do really truly seek to form a more perfect union. We wield our power with at least some level of moral authority that other countries do not and will not. And so I just think it's important. You know, I, I am I am I believe that this country is exceptional, but somewhere along the way, patriotism. <laughs> at least with half the country, just isn't that cool anymore. And I guess part of the mission of this show is, is to make patriotism cool. I, I, I am unabashedly pro-American. I believe in American exceptionalism to the core of who we are. This is a nation that deserves to be celebrated. I think you watch this show because you believe the same thing. But it troubles me just how many people don't believe that, that somehow think America is evil. And I have a real problem with that. But talking about President Trump being the last best hope uh, for, for saving this country and getting us back on the right tra- track for our children and our children's children. At the same time, President Trump is facing resistance, not just from Democrats, not just from never Trumpers, but also from people who are running in the primary against them who just aren't, they're just not, They. I don't know why they're in the primary. And again, I try not to bash them because there's room on the show for everybody. And if you back somebody else in a primary, look, I completely respect that. Like we're, we all have our own choices, but I just want you to watch this video of Ron DeSantis today It broke just before the show on with Patrick Bett Davis. He's asked a question, which I think he's not asked often enough and, and just listen to his response. Check this out. Art.
0: What do you say to the audience when they look at you and say, okay. So governor, I love your policies. I'm very happy I'd love you know for you to be a president I think you have a lot of great qualities of being a president you're family guy you're this you're that but uh what do you state to the faction
2: that says You know, but the guy gave you an opportunity to be a governor. How about show loyalty to that guy? What do you say to those people? How is it showing loyalty when he attacks me three days before my reelection? I had never done anything to him. Um, Even all the Fauci stuff, I I kept that private. That three days before, how much prior to that did, did you and him communicate? Were you guys regularly communicating or not really? Well, oh, I, I don't really remember. But I mean, at that point, that was kind of a line in the sand. Like, OK, all right. That, that's what you I mean. Like, and I have no problem with like, politics is what it is. But like we were trying to engineer a red wave around this country and to not saddle up and be a team player in that yeah. situation to do it. That was wrong. Honestly, I mean, it, we, we, we set a record here for what we did, so, so it either didn't affect or was even helpful in hindsight, but but that's just the reality. So you can go and, and, and do that to, to other candidates, and somehow that's not supposed to change anything. The reality is he did that because he cared more about himself than he did about the greater good. The greater good was clearly, I win re-election in Florida, we win super majorities, and we continue to implement the agenda. That's the greater good. I'm sorry,
1: Governor DeSantis. That's just just simply not true. Everybody in this country, even in the lead up to your reelect, your second term for governor, everybody in this country that had their ear to the ground with politics knew that you were going to run for president. There was a whisper campaign inside the beltway. All the political consultants were talking about it. And the reason why Trump Came out against you three days prior to your reelect is because you wouldn't simply because you were running against them, and the reality is is that this is how this is how Americans perceive that they see you as having your job because President Trump backed you. You were a governor of Florida because President Trump gave you a thumbs up, and you did a phenomenal job in Florida, arguably one of, if not the best governor in the country. And you have your job because he gave you the thumbs up. Otherwise, we'd have Andrew Gillum as governor in Florida. And we all know how terrible that would have been. So Trump backed you when you needed it most. And then now here you have Donald Trump turning around. And and, and as I mentioned, his first four years in the White House were completely stolen from him. With one hoax perpetrated on him and the American people, after the next two fake impeachments, yet yet even with all of that resistance, he still got more done than any other Republican president in my lifetime. Even even despite facing withering resistance from a 100% hostile press, Democrat Republican establishment entrenched bureaucrats, deep state operatives, whatever. And here you have here he's running. He's he's. You know, he's older guy, right? He's in his 70s, maybe in his 80s. He's got one more shot to really run for president for his second term, which, by the way, was stolen from him through an election that I, I don't care what you say or any other Republican says, any other establishment Republican says, but anybody that's seeing things with clear eyes knows that that election in 2020 was not on the up and up, had many, many issues. That election was clearly stolen from from President Trump. Clearly. Yet, even with all that, like, clearly, I, I think that the guy Trump deserves a second term. And, and just by virtue of his age, he's got what, like one shot left. You're 45 years old, governor. You have an entire career to be president of the United States. And so anybody outside of these, you know, beltway brained political consultants knew that Trump was going to be the guy going into this election cycle. I mean, even Megyn Kelly was saying You know, look, Desantis can try, but you know, anytime Trump walks into a room, he owns it. He sucks all the air out of the room. And she's right. This isn't 2016 anymore. Anybody that paid attention to 2020 knows that President Trump's base is you can't you can't detach them from President Trump. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again, because President Trump's base existed prior to President Trump realizing his political this political figure. Those frustrated Republicans, those frustrated Americans, because many of them aren't even Republicans, they predispose Donald Trump. So therefore, they are impossible to detach from him because he is the inextricable end to their frustration. He represents them truly. And so to say that, You know, well, what choice did you have? You know, he called you desanctimonious before three days before running. It's just a misrepresentation of the truth. And, And this is what the American people hate about politics we know anybody that's watching that interview with Patrick Bett Davis and by the way there were, you should all go watch it if you're watching Battleground Live like go on to Twitter and look at some of these clips that are circulating this wasn't the only because there are there are clips out there that are that are 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 far 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 more damaging I think to Governor DeSantis than this one but this is what the American people don't like about politics we all know that you're not being truthful with that answer we all know uh that that it's not authentic. That's not how you really feel. Uh, a better answer would would have been like, look, I'm the next generation of America first. I love President Trump. He's the best president of my lifetime. Did extraordinary things for this country. I just think that Americans, maybe they're ready to turn the page. Like, if you're ready to turn the page, I'm your guy. I'm willing to earn your vote. Yeah, of course I love President Trump. But here here I am. Like, this is... This is I believe in everything he did, and I'm 45 years old, and maybe I'm the next generation. I mean, whatever. There's a million ways to answer that, but lying and being inauthentic is not one of them. And so I wanted to make sure you all saw that because I thought it was fascinating. Um, I want to also talk about uh, all of these, the, the crazy anti-Semitism, and some of these uprisings that are happening all across the country. Um, but before I do, let me tell you quickly about American Alternative Assets, one of the sponsors of this show. Um, obviously, as you all know, the Bidenomics is not working. There is record inflation everywhere. Anytime you go to the grocery store, uh, and Commander Melanie says it best: you go to the grocery store, hundred bucks fills up your cart less and less. I mean, it makes sense to diversify your portfolio. And while I am not a, a an investor, an expert. Um, it does make sense, you know, when you look at the power of the dollar having less purchase power year over year over year over year. It makes sense to have other things in your portfolio. And that's where American alternative assets come in. Like you can, you can act now before it's too late with one simple, straightforward, entirely legal tax loophole. Contact my friends at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide. Learn how to safeguard your wealth from a failing dollar in a volatile market using gold and silver IRAs. Dial 833, the number two USA gold. That's 833-2. Eight seven two four six five, or visit ProtectFromBiden.com because biden just sucks and we all need protection from him this invaluable guy will outline the precise steps you need to take immediately to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals all without any tax consequences so call 833 the number to usa gold that's 833-287-2465 or visit protectfrombiden.com because joe biden sucks okay Back to the show. Um I'm very very concerned with the, with what's happening in this country. I've said it on Twitter multiple times and I'll say it again here on the show. We are on a two ways of life are on a collision course in this world. And the West will not survive if we don't understand what time it is and if we don't come out on top because the, the culture the, the, what we face, the threats that we face, I mean they will not tolerate a Western liberal democracy. And I want you to check out this video uh, from this, uh, from a, a Muslim lynch mob uh, storming an airport in Dagestan, Russia, looking for Jews on an airplane from Tel Aviv. Um, when questioned about this, I mean, because you can go on Twitter again, don't trust me, go verify it for yourself. Um, when when interviewed by the media, you know, what the hell you're doing? What, what's going on here? I mean, some of these people said, like, oh, yeah, we're just out here, like, looking, searching for Jews, you know, Um, you know, we're trying to try to kill kill some Jews. (laughs) I just like watch this video. This is happening in an an airport, but watch this video and decide for yourself how things will go for the West if we don't come out on top. Go ahead.
3: (laughs) Hello?
1: Go ahead. We got another video as well um, from the the storming of the of the airport in Dagestan as well. By the way, they're screaming Allah Akbar, which basically means God is great. Looking for Jews, hunting for Jews. Go ahead and roll this tape. <laughs>
0: Çay
3: dile. Zaç yok.
1: What would you do if that happened in an airport near you? How would you protect yourself? How would you protect your family? I mean, we all know how stressful it can be to be stranded on the tarmac somewhere in a flight that's delayed. Imagine being surrounded, surrounded by people who were hunting you and trying to kill you on an airplane just for just because of the color of your skin or because of whatever religion that you worship. All around the world, there then of course the media is. You know, they position this stuff as, oh, these are these are just pro-Gaza or pro-Palestinian protests all around the world. They're not pro-Palestinian protests. They're pro-Hamas protests. And Hamas is a terrorist organization. Folks, I'm telling you, I did an entire damn show last Friday on the fact that there is a major war on the horizon and no one is talking about it. Or they're talking around the edges. And it's not just me. You know, you look at the War College, and the War College is saying that in the next conflict, we could have 3,600 American casualties a week, and that the all-volunteer army is obsolete, and that we might need to start looking at a mandatory conscription or even a draft to make up for those types of casualty numbers. Have you heard that talked about on any major media outlet over the last week? No. But this is what our own military officers are saying right now about a looming conflict, perhaps with China, maybe with Russia. If Iran gets involved in the conflict in Israel escalates, nothing but bad things happen. And then not just that, we have an open border where people, I think something like the news today, something like 900,000, 900,000 migrants have streamed into this country this year. And that's just encounters. That doesn't even count people who got away. How many of those people do you think love America? How many of those people are terrorists or terrorist sympathizers? We don't know. But look what's happening in London. This isn't, again, this isn't a pro-Palestinian rally, like the media is 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 saying. This is a pro-Hamas rally. This is this is the Brits. This is one of our greatest allies. Check out this video from this protest in London. The video that you just saw, in case you're not watching the program on Rumble and you're just listening, were thousands and thousands and thousands, tens of thousands, probably, uh, pro-Hamas protesters in London. These people, I mean, look, we all talk about very, very often, you hear the media talk about breathlessly, what happens if Iran gets a nuclear bomb? Obviously, they're not afraid to blow themselves up, so they're not going to be afraid to blow up Israel or any any other of the of that country's enemies. It throws the concept of mutual assured destruction out the window when your enemy is willing to blow themselves up to kill you. But what happens? No one's talking about this. You have you have these types of people who are having kids at a much higher rate than Brits. I think the average Brit is having maybe one, maybe two kids at best. Well, some of these folks are having five kids. So listen, just a question that has to be asked. What happens when they get elected to power in London? They'll take control essentially of everything that London's of the, of great Britain's military of their, of their Navy, of their air force, of all the special forces, the nuclear bombs that they have. So we talk about, we talk about, what happens when Iran gets a bomb? But what is some, what about some of these these Western nations that are that are falling to some of these radicals? I mean, look, pa- patriotic Londoners, patriotic Brits, still outnumber them. But there's something has to be done, right? I mean, these people. I, I, look. The media, I guarantee you, these libs that are, wow, oh, Sean's a xenophobe, Sean's an Islamophobe, Sean's a racist. It's not, it's not, no. It's not about Islam. It's not, it's, it's not about, it's, it, what it's about is cultural differences. Even the most friendly people that we worked with in Afghanistan still had no issues with stoning a woman to death after they buried her up to her neck. They still had no issues with beheading infidels. They still had no issues with torturing a woman because she dared walk outside her house. The things that they do to little children in those countries is horrifying. These things are diametrically opposed to what it, to our value system here in the West. Even though even the most normal tribes still believed in this stuff. So it's no, it's not, it's not even necessarily about, is. it's not about, it's not necessarily about Islam. It's about tribe. It's about culture. It's about beliefs. And these things are diametrically opposed to what we believe here in the West. And I'm telling you, the chickens are going to come home to roost on this at some point. And what the hell are we going to do then? You look at what the Biden administration is doing a leaked document from the Biden administration, Biden is pledging $106 billion in financial aid to start a Palestinian relocation effort due to the displacement from Gaza. This also includes funding for Ukrainian refugees who've been displaced from Ukraine during the Russia conflict. Under this proposed plan, Palestinians would be relocated to Egypt. They have already vetoed this, Egypt, of course, uh, because... I mean, they care about their country. Uh, So it looks like the aim is to set up a temporary tent cities in the Sinai Peninsula in the southwest of the Gaza Strip. Long term, the third stage of the plan will involve building permanent cities in the northern part of the Sinai Peninsula for displaced Palestinians. Now, this price tag comes out to an astronomical $50,000 per Gaza resident guess where that money comes from? It comes from our tax dollars. Now, I want you to just think for a second, you know, and just try to be fair minded about this. With all of the pathologies that we face here in this country, with the the tidal wave of human suffering at our southern border, with the fact that most Americans right now struggle to put food on the table for their family, they're having trouble paying their bills. There are more credit card and mortgage delinquencies now, I mean, than there have been in at least the last 25 years. Americans are really struggling. Do you think that maybe our taxpayer dollars could be better spent on taking care of American citizens or spending our own problems to solve some of the major issues that we have here in our country? How about like the crumbling infrastructure that we have here? How about fentanyl deaths? If you don't believe me that fentanyl is the, of course, it's the number one killer of Americans in this country, just Google Kensington, Philadelphia, and look what drugs like fentanyl do to our communities. This, This fentanyl crisis that we're facing here in this country comes from the CCP where the fentanyl is manufactured, given to the drug cartels in Mexico. They then smuggle it across our open border in candy form to appeal to small children. This is 100% an attack on our country. What are we doing about it? Do you think that maybe our tax dollars can be spent recruiting great police officers or building up our military? There's a million and one things that we, I mean, I bet you the people in Maui could do a lot with $106 billion. Speaking of which, when was the last time you even heard of Maui on the news cycle? You don't. Because it's not convenient to the overall narrative of the Biden administration and their lapdog media. You see, folks, this is the definition of what it means to be America first. It's not not xenophobic. It's it's not. And again, for, for new listeners on Red Voice Media, when we talk about immigration and people coming here, when people call you a xenophobe for being America first, your response should be America is the most generous nation on the planet. We take in at least 2 million legal immigrants a year, every year. We allow it. We encourage it. We want it. But please do not conflate illegal immigration with legal immigration. They're not the same. And the first act that someone takes coming into this country cannot and should not and never should be breaking the law also it's fundamentally unfair to the people who waited in line for a long time to come here legally so please get the hell away from me with your bs arguments mouth breather you can add mouth breather you, you can add mouth breather at the end of it if you want but i'm telling you folks our country is crumbling and we're sending our tax dollars everywhere else and it just pisses me off every single day and if you look at you know the man in charge Joe Biden, he's the guy, I mean, who can barely form a coherent sentence. He's basically a walking animated corpse. (laughs) He's somehow the guy that's making all the decisions. I doubt it. I mean, because obviously there are people behind the curtain who are controlling his, uh, pulling his puppet strings. He's basically like a marionette. But look at this video from Biden back in 2020. And before you watch it, remember my golden rule. Do you all remember what it is? When, first of all, if Democrats are talking, they are lying. But if Dem- what Democrats accuse Republicans of, they themselves are guilty of. Now, this is a video from 2020. So keep that in the forefront of your mind as we watch this, but go ahead and roll this tape. The world has changed because what Trump has done and the American people, including independents and some Republicans, know how bad he is, know how much he's misrepresented, know how he's getting close to getting us in a war. I said, as the walls close in on this man, I'm worried he's going to get us to war in Iran. Unfortunately, I may have been right. The fact of the matter is there's a lot at stake in this election. Crazy, right? Oh, oh, my God. Trump is so dangerous. He's so unstable. His finger is over the nuclear button. What are we going to do as a country? He's just so dangerous. Never mind the fact that Trump, you know, penned the Abrahams Accords and was the first president in what, the last 72 years not to start a new war, did everything he could to pursue peace while, while, while in the Oval Office. I mean, he was the greatest peacetime president of my lifetime. Uh, But there, Biden is not only is he lying about President Trump, he's lying to the American people and accusing President Trump of starting a war with Iran when nothing could be further from the truth. And look what happens in three short years when Biden's in office. He is on the verge of Iran, not to mention, think about this. Biden, not only is he on the verge of war with Iran, he hired and appointed Iranian sympathizers to serve in his administration. These people, Rob Malley being one of them are being investigated by the FBI and had their security clearances revoked, I can only assume because they are national security threats. If the people that Joe Biden appoints have their clearances revoked and are perhaps deemed national security threats, follow my logic here, wouldn't, therefore, Joe Biden himself be, you guessed it, a national security threat? I don't know, folks, common sense, you know, I guess common sense in this day and age just isn't that common. But the answer to that question, of course, it wasn't rhetorical, was yes. And so speaking of stupid, speaking of mouth breathers, speaking of Democrat morons, and yes, there are many of them. Kamala Harris was on 60 minutes and it went exactly how you thought it would go. Um, whereas she was just so cringe the entire time. Uh, before I get to that, let me tell you quickly about the wellness company. I mean, commander Melanie and I talk about this all the time. I talked to you earlier about my pellet stove being broken. The need to get a generator should be, should there be a long-term power outage? Um, even before the wellness company sponsored Red Voice Media and sponsoring uh, this show and our entire conservative lineup over there, um, Melanie and I talked about getting, in, you know, figuring out a way to getting a me- get a, a medical kit with antibiotics and things like that to make sure our family's taken care of should the worst happen. Um and so the wellness company is all about making sure that you can take care of take care of yourself. And they have these medical kits, um, co- they call them medical emergency kits. Uh, the kit contains a range of prescription medications like ivermectin and antibiotics that can prepare you from everything from COVID to the plague and the best part. Uh, these prescriptions are available through telemedicine, so you don't even have to le- leave your home to consult with a healthcare professional. Folks, this is the future of emergency medical preparedness. And this comprehensive kit is d- designed to cover a range of scenarios, whether it's natural disasters like hurricanes, earthquake, floods, or supply chain shortages. And yes, even the end of world scenarios, as we know it, I'm of course adding the zombie apocalypse because I like to think about it. How would I react? What would be my weapon of choice? So if you're sitting there wondering if you need this, let me make it simple for you. You absolutely do. Because the question isn't because the question is if there's an emergency will happen, it's when. And when it does, wouldn't you rather be the person who's prepared rather than the ones scrambling around when it's too late. Uh, go check out this must-have emergency medical kit from the wellness company. You can get it at rvmemergencykit.com. Stay safe, stay prepared, and the wellness company would like to tell you, God bless America. Now, back to the show and Kamala Harris on 60 Minutes. You know, the Democrats are in disarray for a lot of reasons. Um, Biden's favorability in the last month since the the horrific massacre in Israel, his favorability, his net favorability with Democrats, okay, with Democrats has plummeted 11 points. His net favorability overall has plummeted three points, Democrats, Republicans, Independents, otherwise. He's at an historic low. Democrats across the board, especially high-ranking Democrats and big-money Democrats, are worried that this dude ain't going to make it. And months ago, before I even joined the Red Voice Media line, I've talked about a conversation that I had with my father about you know what I, we're not even sure if Biden's going to make it, but if it looks like he's going to be you know tanking or is you you could bet you'll hear something at the convention where he'll say oh I've got a health I got a health problem or. These investigations have become a distraction. The, the attack on my son Hunter Biden is, you know, I, and the demands of of my office, uh, uh, the office of president, is taken away from my ability to to focus on my family and get my family. You're, there's going to be some BS political excuse for him to back out, but the reality is, is the guy is tanking, and there's nothing there's nothing that can be done to save this guy. And I told you many times before that Trump is actually polling beyond what you call the margin of fraud, which. Uh, I'm sorry to say that in America is actually a thing. Uh, it is. It is a thing. Um, but look, Kamala Harris was on 60 Minutes. It went horribly. She's an embarrassment. One can only hope that if if Biden does step down, that she's the one that steps into and assumes the mantle and runs for, for president with all of his infrastructure, his campaign infrastructure, because she is an abject disaster. In 60 Minutes spoke right to their unfavorability during this interview. So watch this first video of Kamala Harris on 60 Minutes and try not to let your IQ be diminished by a good 10 points. Go ahead and roll the tape.
3: Kamala Harris told us she is focused on getting the Biden-Harris ticket reelected next year. The GOP is using her low poll numbers and President Biden's age as a battering ram, and some Democrats are growing worried. We were talking to some Democratic donors, mm-hmm. and they have told us that should something befall President Biden, and he is not able to run, mm-hmm. that there would be a free-for-all for who would run as president. You are in the spot that that would be unnatural natural for you to step up, but we're hearing from donors that they would not naturally fall into line.
4: Why is that? Well. First of all, I'm not going to engage in that hypothetical because Joe Biden is very much alive and running for re-election. But you
3: do know. I mean,
4: that is a concern and, and a legitimate concern, I would say. I hear from a lot of different people, a lot of different things. But let me just tell you, I'm focused on the job. I truly am. Our democracy is on the line, Bill. And I frankly, in my head do not have time for parlor games when we have a president who is running for re-election. That's it. <laughs>
1: yeah. that, that's it. I mean, did you, first of all, did you, here, the lead into the segment of Republicans are using Joe Biden's old age and low favorables to go after him. Do you notice how almost every time there's a story that is unfavorable to Democrats, they go with the Republicans pounce? It's like, well, maybe Biden and Kamala just suck. I mean, there's a reason why their favorables are in the toilet. There's a reason why, I mean, Americans are legitimately concerned that Biden has the dem- dementia and can't manage to walk up a simple flight of stairs that falls over on the stage because of a podium or stationary items that like sandbags that weight down wires. I mean, people are legitimately afraid of how feeble Biden is. But did you see Kamala also made it a, a point in the interview to state that Joe Biden is very much alive and running for president. But the reality is, is that Other Democrats smell blood. They sense blood in the water. And Gavin Newsom is one of those people, which is why he's like the first governor, American governor. And I think six years to trek to China to meet with president Xi. Now why it's the responsibility of a governor to go meet with the president of a hostile foreign country, like China, the Chinese communist party is an enemy to America. It's an enemy to its own people. They're committing genocide against the Uyghurs there. Uh, I guess Gavin Newsom would probably say like California has one of the world's largest economies, even though it's nestled within the United States and simply a state within our country. I mean, and and it's best for us if we have a positive diplomatic relationship with that. I don't see. Again, you're in charge of California. I'm not sure why you should be meeting with the president, uh, President Xi of China, uh, which is also an American enemy. But he was in California. I'm sorry, governor of California was in China, met with President Xi, and somehow there's this video out there. He's out there playing basketball, dressed up in a dress shirt and pants and dress shoes, and somehow he stumbles into a small Chinese boy and tackles him and manages to smack his butt in a very inappropriate and awkward way. I just just watch this, watch this tape. Roll the tape and just watch it. Watch this.
4: Hello.
0: Hello. Oh <laughs> I think
1: that is very, very weird. I, I can you would you ever do that to like sma- a stranger's kid? It's just the weirdest thing ever. I, I just find it to be so bizarre. But there's a reason why Gavin Newsom, even though all that weird, creepy stuff aside, I mean, because honestly, if it was Joe Biden that collided with that small child, he would have sniffed his hair and did other creepy stuff. So I, I suppose just smacking him is it, it's not as bad somehow. But Democrats are just so weird, aren't they? I, but there's a reason why Gavin Newsom is in China. It's because he smells blood in the water. Democrat donors are unsure that, that Biden is going to be the guy because he's too old and he's too feeble. They are unsure about Kamala Harris because she is somehow less favorable than Joe Biden himself, even though he has historic unfavorability with American voters. But Kamala Harris went on on 60 Minutes, and, and it, she that wasn't the only soundbite. Um, she talked about the, administra- the Biden administration's accomplishments and the need to remind the American people that it was they who were responsible for them. Go ahead and roll this tape.
3: A recent CBS poll found that at the beginning of President Biden's term, 70% of young people, people under 30, said he was doing a good job Mm -hmm. now it's less than 50 percent why is that what's going on
4: if you poll how young people feel about the climate and the warming of our planet it pulls as one of their top concerns when we talk about what we are doing with student loan debt polls very high the challenge that we have as an administration—we got to let people know who brung it to them. <laughs> That's our challenge, but it is not that the work we are doing is not very, very popular with a lot of people.
1: Oh no, I think we all know who's responsible for the state of our country. <laughs> I mean, which is why you are historically unfavorable. I mean, look, people, I, I, Biden and Kamala are perhaps. I, I think they are by far, by far, the most unpopular Democrat president and vice president in my lifetime. I, I, and in fact, I, I think that the Democrat Party and the Democrat donors are unbelievably worried because as they continue to get less popular, Trump continues to get more popular it's an unbelievable dynamic and it's and it's an unbelievable thing to behold but you remember Kamala Joe Biden appointed Kamala to be you know in charge of the border situation we all know that that, that of course her mission has been an abject failure because i think since Joe Biden has taken office 6.5 million illegal immigrants have streamed into this country, a record 900,000 this year alone. And that's just, as I mentioned earlier, that's just encounters that doesn't even count people who escaped. And so I think she's been to the border like once. And when she went there, it was like a photo op. That was it. But she taught she had a chance to talk about the border on 60 minutes. and, And her response was terrible. But go ahead and watch for yourself.
3: Most Americans say that they don't think you're doing a good job on the border. You and the administration. The number of people trying to
4: cross the U.S. southern border is at an all-time high. It's no secret that we have a broken immigration system. Short term, we need a safe, orderly, and humane border policy. And long term, we need to invest in the root causes of migration. But the bottom line, Congress needs to act. Come on, participate in the solution instead of political gamesmanship.
1: Yeah. So, so do you see what she does there? She takes no accountability for the issues at the border, even though both Joe Biden and her are directly responsible for it. They could sign an executive order tomorrow that seals the border, that empowers the federal agency of the Border Patrol to stop the flow into this country. She could do they could do all this with the stroke of a pen, but preferring instead what she she just wants to blame Congress. By the way, which is the, the only house that we control is the actual house. But it's just amazing to me that we continue to elect these mouth breathers it really it really is i mean this country is in a very very dangerous place and the world itself is on the brink there are two civilizations the west and savages all over the world again on a collision course set to collide and we have two people in in the white at the top joe biden and kamala harris who are just content, content to blame Republicans for all the woes that we face in this world. But the reality is, is that it's her and Joe Biden responsible for all of it. And not only that, the one person that has professed a desire to fix this and focus on America, they are trying to put in jail. Donald Trump has never committed. I mean, think about this. You ever think about Donald Trump had every aspect of his life dug into by our government. He had his tax returns leaked, but from, but I think by somebody in the department of justice or somebody in the IRS or somebody overtly hostile to the Trumps, they found nothing. I mean, you had one invas- and one investigation after the next, you had Robert Mueller digging into every aspect of president Trump. They found nothing. And now They're trying to get him and throw him in jail for like a thousand years on all these trumped up charges, completely fabricated to not just ruin this man's political legacy, but also ruin his ability to self-fund his campaign, which is one of his greatest assets. They 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 filed a gag order on the guy so that he actually couldn't defend himself, even though he's the leading presidential candidate. I mean, they're trying to remove him from the ballot. Folks, wake up. Not people on the show, but America. We, I, I, I just showed you several clips on 60 Minutes of a vice president who is somehow, what, 20, 30 years younger than Joe Biden, yet it, it is just as articulate, can barely string together a, a word refuses to take accountability for her actions folks we are in a very 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 dire spot as Americans uh, I in fact I've never been more I, look I lived through 9 11 I remember watching those buildings come down it's what it's, it's it was how the first responders responded to that horrific attack to inspire me to serve something greater than myself get in the fight, serve this country, deploy overseas, take the fight to the enemy, and got the opportunity to do all that. But I am more scared today about the future of my country than I was even back then. I feel like our American leadership is entirely incompetent. I don't have a whole lot of faith in Republicans' ability to fight back There are some great Republicans. There just are. I'm just saying, as a party, as an organized political institution, I don't have a lot of faith in their ability to fight back and their ability to take a stand for what they believe in. Democrats, by contrast, as the world burns, are still trying to tear down our country, which is the only thing that stands in the way from light and darkness in this world like I said, I talk every single show about having five kids in the world that they will inherit. It's the reason why I ran for office twice. I ran for office, not because I'm a diehard Republican. It's because I love this country. I'm a constitutional conservative. I would die for this country. I would die for that constitution. I would die for all of you if it meant ensuring that our children inherited a country like we had. But if we continue on this path and we continue electing leaders who don't give a damn, then we're going to be in a real rough spot. And I say every single show you're the only thing that's stopping that from happening and I believe you all will do that. And so you've been with me for the hour. Um thank you. I truly appreciate the dedication that I get from you all on this show. It's amazing to watch this show grow. If you're watching from Red Voice Media, again, make your way over here to Battleground Live. Uh, like, and subscribe to this show. If you're watching from my rumble page on battle live, make your way over to red voice media and like their network. It's very important for conservatives to stick together, have overlapping fields of fire. Take a couple seconds. Like this video rumble notices that it's important for the algorithm. Um, as always, Thank you for watching the show. Uh, we got Drew Burkquist on Red Voice Media up next. He's from six to nine. He's a great American patriot, super conservative. He's the real deal. Uh, if you're looking for another show to watch after Battleground Live, make your way over to Red Voice Media and have him on in the background while you're eating dinner. He's a great guy. As always, God bless you all. Thank you all for watching this show and God bless this amazing country that we live in. I will see you tomorrow. Good night.